Welcome to the Born Around the World podcast, a podcast by the National Security Education Program for Born awardees, language lovers, and public service enthusiasts. In today's episode, we will be speaking with Scott Weedman. Scott serves as the Deputy Director of the Department of Defense Federal Voting Assistance Program. He has been with the program since 1993 and began his public service at the U.S. Department of Treasury working as a licensing officer in the Office of Foreign Assets Control Governing Transactions with countries sanctioned by the U.S. government. Mr. Weedman has a Master's of Art in International Business and a Bachelor's of Science degrees in Management and Marketing from George Mason University in Fairfax, Virginia. To start us off, could you tell us a little bit about your department and agency? Sure. Um, We are the uh, Federal Voting Assistance Program, and we exist in the Department of Defense to carry out a federal law. It's called the Uniformed and Overseas Citizens Absentee Voting Act, which is just kind of what it sounds like. We assist members of the military and their families and any U.S. citizen outside the United States to vote absentee in their home state for federal offices. And we do that during the the election cycle, the two-year election cycle, uh, and foreign awardees around the world are certainly folks that have taken advantage of being able to vote while they are on their scholarship timeframe. And we're happy to say we've been able to hire a few folks uh, upon their return. Because you've hired quite a few Borans, just in your experience, how do you go about finding candidates? Well, uh, when we have a vacancy in our office, typically it would involve some sort of specialty. Uh, It might be budgeting or fiscal planning or social media, communications, that type of thing. So uh, when we have that vacancy, if we're able to hire at a more of an entry-level type position or trainee type position, uh, we will contact the Boren program with that position description, and then they'll advertise that through that, their process so that the Boren scholars with the resumes already active in there will come and apply for the job, I guess, and then we're able to review those resumes. In your experience, um, how should candidates position themselves to be noticed by a hiring official? Well, I think that having that resume as up-to-date as possible is a good thing. Using USA Jobs is a good thing. That's a way to get a feel for the type of positions that are out there. Um, And of course, within the Department of Defense, those agencies that are aware of the foreign program and the fact that there's a pool of very talented individuals that are available perhaps to take positions within the department, um, that's another way to, to have that out there. So just uh, keep that resume um, current and then check for the postings on the BORN website as well as USA Jobs. You mentioned uh, USA Jobs and uh, the BORN program as the best way to go about finding and applying the job opportunities. Would you say that that's true, especially if the market is either already saturated um, Do you think that online sites are effective when applying to government jobs? So I don't use any of the commercial uh, sites, online job sites. Uh, I specifically, typically uh, through our um, hiring and human resource programs, we look at USA Jobs and the the Boren site as as a way to get someone internal. Uh, So to me, because those are internal and we know that the folks that are in those in that, especially with the Boren program, have some government experience, have some familiarity with Department of Defense issues. Um, obviously, if some folks that were in the Boren program uh, of more of the security side of things, um, the Federal Voting Assistance Program, where we assist people to vote, may not be the track that they would like. 
But a small program like ours, and there's many of them within the department, in the Office of the Secretary of Defense, is a place where you can really get in and learn about a lot of the pieces, uh, working pieces within a federal office. There's budgeting, there's contracting, there's dealing with states, localities, state department, other federal agencies. So it's really kind of like a microcosm of an entire agency. So you can get your feet wet and learn a little bit about the way the government works and some of the types of jobs that uh, are available within the government. And then um, when you stay with us or go to another program somewhere else, uh, you're able to get that experience uh, and get started with that. Thank you, Scott. I also wanted to kind of transition into what factors hiring officials consider when they select individuals into their organization. As a hiring official, as a supervisor yourself, what thoughts kind of go through your mind before you consider someone for an interview? So what happens is we, um, if we put out a position description and we uh, work with the BORN program, we will get a, a group of resumes, you know, maybe eight to 10 resumes of folks who have expressed a desire to perhaps work at the Federal Voting Assistance Program. So we'll look at those resumes specifically uh, in the light of particular specialty perhaps that we might need. Um, our most recent foreign scholar hire last year had some budgeting background um, in the work they did overseas and some government contracting background, both from the contracting side as well as from the government contract side. We were able to see that from the resume and then that put that person in line for one of the three or four interviews that we actually we did. But in more general terms as well, um, we just want to look for indicators that the person is interested in learning. We see that they're, they're active and they want to expand their knowledge base a little bit and get their feet wet. Um, and, you know, we want, while the person is at the Federal Voting Assistance Program, we want them to be challenged. We don't want to just give them busy work type thing. We want to make sure they're challenged, they continue learning, um, and expanding their skills or learning new skills and have growth potential as much as possible. Um, cause that really leads to a win-win for both the hire and for the federal voting assistance program. What usually stands out to you, um, as a recruiter in an application and in an interview? Whatever could indicate that they have a continued interest in learning that shows that they are um, continually applying themselves. You know, it's a kind of a stereotype, but sometimes if there's a gap, in the resume where the person wasn't doing anything for a year, it might put some thoughts in their head, like what what was going on and why wasn't this person doing so? Any explanation that you could have on the resume, and there's plenty of very mm -hmm. plausible reasons why you might've had a gap and that's okay. Uh, but if, to leave it un, unmarked or without saying why it occurred, that could say, well, maybe we'll move on to the next resume. And if there's other candidates, then it may not be picked because of that. But not to say you can't, there's not plenty of good reasons why a person might have had a gap, but just it's something that people should be aware of as they're putting their resume together. For the interview, um, what are some questions a candidate should focus on and be prepared to answer? Well, interviews for jobs are, you know, something that people work lifetimes to try to perfect. And the interviewer is going to ask different questions depending on that person's background and perhaps some of the skills that are required for that particular job. So we will ask some questions particular to items on the resume, especially if they are talking about experience that they might have had, and we would ask about how they fit into that particular specialty, if it was um, budgeting or resource management, or what did they do, or what was their role in that. Um, but then we'll also talk to the person a little bit 
about um, themselves, um, ask them a little bit about their background, and then we might probe about the work experience they've had, not just as a born awardee, but other parts of their life as well, and maybe what an achievement was that they had, what they feel like a good achievement they had at one of their jobs. Um, another thing we might discuss is the type of work environment um, that they prefer. You know, is it best, do they like to be, you know, teleworking and be kind of like get a task and take it away for two weeks and come back with a finished product? Or are they more of a person who likes to dive in with a team and work, you know, work with a team to see a project through that type of thing to figure out that type of area. And then we might, and depending on the way the discussion is going, we might talk about uh, creative solutions that they came up with for a challenging situation they may have faced at a previous job and how they were able to use that solution uh, to, to solve a problem. And then, of course, you know, what type of supervision do they like? And then with our program, the Federal Voting Assistance Program, we work directly with a lot of individual voters as well as local election officials who will either call in or, or send us emails with questions about the process. So we, we do ask a little bit about their customer service background just to figure out what they've done in the past in that regard and how they might fit into our program here going forward should they, should they be hired. What would you say are some common pitfalls that candidates do or have done that could hurt their chances, both in the application phase and in the interview phase? Well, I'll start by saying that all the board and awardees that we've talked to in interviews have been very impressive, and they've got great skills and background. So that's just to start off there. But uh, one thing that individuals want to do, and I'm probably guilty of this myself, maybe on this very podcast, but is to spend too much time on any specific answer. Uh, if that if there's a, if there's a question asked, just try to give that complete answer and be as concise as possible while giving making sure that all the points are touched on. Um, and then be careful to only answer the questions that are being asked. Um, obviously, everyone has some things they're excited about or skills that they want to stress, and it's a good idea to pivot to highlight those strengths, but be sure that if you're doing that, it's relevant to the question that was actually asked. And not, don't try to squeeze in or fit some experience that doesn't really apply to that question into every question, per se. How important are relationships during this entire process? I know we talk about the importance of finding contacts and building relationships. How has your experience been with that component in this process? Well, that can really differ on the individual and how much of a desire they have to be in a particular field. And as you know, today, fields are very micro-oriented. You can get into a very small part of one major field. Uh, so if you are really interested in focusing in on something, then getting in, finding out who those folks are, who's the, who's written the papers recently, who's published books on things recently, and talking to those folks, trying to engage with those folks is, is a good idea. But in general, um, it's good to have a contact with a solid group of professionals uh, in various fields. And I think the BORN awardee and the BORN program is a great space for that. Uh, because so many of the folks have such a wide variety of experiences and it allows the other folks to hear about what type of experiences they've had and what might interest them going forward. Um, and But given all that, a lot of what those type of relationships and that networking, if you will, uh, can lead to is getting into a position or getting into a job. But then what really matters is once that individual is there in that job, uh, that's where their success happens. And then when they're working 
hard there and they're showing and they're, and they're showing what their skills and what they're capable of, that's when they can progress and then move forward in their career. So it's kind of like the reference can connect you, but it's really up to the individual to show through the hiring process that they are qualified and capable for the position. Yeah. And obviously, if you have connections from a previous position and, you know, many times uh, for hiring, you know, we will ask for references and we'll talk to those folks that they might have worked with or a a previous supervisor from another job as part of the hiring process just to verify uh, information that may have been provided through the resume or interview process. Um, But getting in um, on the ground level, working with uh, in that office and being prepared to do that work um, once you're there. Be curious about everything that's going on in an office. Uh, don't be shy to uh, take on new tasks. I would always recommend that people ask a lot of questions just to be sure they're understanding why this is occurring, you know, why something is happening mm-hmm. um, so that they can then um, uh, get get the most out of that experience. Finding a mentor within the new office is always a good thing. Uh, it doesn't have to be an official relationship, mentor, mentor-mentee relationship, but even someone who's been there for a while or is experienced in one particular area can give a lot of feedback as to here's how to negotiate some of these things. And then there's always uh, office politics, no matter what the size of the office. So my suggestion is just to stay steer clear of those type of things as much as possible. Uh, and focus on on your job, the task that you have at hand. Obviously, if there's something or someone getting in the way of your ability to carry out what you're doing, then you want to let the supervisor know that might be occurring, but stay away from that type of uh, day-to-day drama, um, and and then just take advantage of all the opportunities that arise. You know, always say yes. If someone says, oh, can you help with this? Say yes. Maybe you may not be able to dive in fully. You know, some people like to always give 100%. But if you say yes, at least you can figure out what it is. And then if you if there's prioritization issues, um, because you've taken on too many tasks, then just work that with your supervisor. But especially when you're starting out, say yes to everything. And then you can really, it, it gives you experience in a lot of different things. And then you can figure out where you best fit in with your skill set. I think that's really good perspective to have, especially to keep in mind when you do begin starting your work and now you want to grow in that position. Could you discuss the process of converting a born to career or career conditional status through their hiring authorities? I'm not a total expert in the human resource side of this, uh, but I do know that as a new government employee and with the born as a born awardee as well, there's two things that you want to be aware of specifically. One is that foreign program requirement, um, and I think that obligation differs depending on the length of the particular scholarship that the person had with the born program or the time um, abroad, um, but whatever that is, if that's a one-year requirement or whatnot, and that is just to make sure that once you're hired, that the human resource department and your supervisor are aware that you have that obligation, so when that time is complete, um, it can be... Um, uh, recorded or reported back to the born program so that, that that can then be checked off, if you will, so that that is no longer a concern. And then the second half of it is, is conversion to a career status in that federal position. So, and that, a lot of that depends on the actual type of position or the, uh, the billet or the slot that they actually came into. 
Um, if they're hired into a temporary position, then it might not be as easy to convert. Uh, but if they're in, hired into a regular full-time um, position, then you want to be aware of that conversion to career status. Um, um, and then so check both of those things um, and, and just keep in touch with the human resource department and your supervisor on those to ensure that as you're moving through, and then once you, I'm sorry, on the second point, once you convert to that career status in the government, it's much easier than to move around within the Department of Defense or within other agencies as well as a, a civilian government employee. And then just mm -hmm. one other quick aside on that is that when someone is hired by the federal government, that date that they become a federal employee, and it's based on the number of hours worked or whatnot, you get what's called the service computation date. And that's the date from which your retirement, your leave, and the number of hours you earn of annual leave um, are started to compute from that date. Some of the human resources offices we found through the Boren scholars we've hired aren't always aware of including the Boren scholarship period as part of that service computation time. So if you come on board in June of a particular year and you had a year overseas, your start date might actually be close to a year before that June where you're actually starting. So then you can start earning leave and whatnot earlier. Uh, so that's just something you want to have a discussion with, with the human resource folks um, and your supervisor as you're coming on board to make sure you get credit for that time. What thoughts or advice do you have for someone who is new to either the federal workforce or new to this position or might just be starting off as this could also be their first job? Like, would you have any thoughts and advice for uh, somebody onboarding um, into this type of federal environment? Um, I think, yeah, I think it's a great opportunity for anybody to come on board with the federal government because you can get a lot of responsibility, a lot of interesting tasks that, from my understanding, and I've always worked for the government, so I can't say for sure, but in the private industry, it may take much longer before you're given the level of responsibility overseeing a budget, overseeing a contract, you know, uh, where you have contractors working for you on various tasks, and they just, as you progress through the government career, and then you know, once you reach you know, the mid-level, you're able to start supervising other people on tasks. So it really is a way to gain a lot of experience and get a lot, feel really good about what you're doing the whole time as well, because it really is all in service of the government and servicing the, the citizens of our country. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? Just again, uh, we appreciate the uh, talent and skills that the board and awardees that we've that we've hired have has shown, and uh, we know there's a, a a great big pool of bright folks out there. Um, remember that if you are a born awardee who is overseas, to go ahead and take advantage of the federal voting assistance program so that you yourself are able to vote in whatever election may be occurring while you're overseas at fbap.gov. We have all the information there, uh, so you're able to register and request a ballot with your state. Um, but just um, keep up the good work, um, keep inquisitive, uh, never stop learning throughout your life, and um, you'll go far. Um, you don't want to become you know, that typical government bureaucrat that you hear about. Um, there's not a lot of those out there. There's a few, but uh, you want to make sure you're just focused and always interested and always pushing forward on things, and you'll have a great career. 
You've been listening to the Born Around the World podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify to subscribe, rate, and view this podcast. If you're interested in participating in the podcast, email ncep at ncep.gov with Born Podcast in your subject line. Thank you for listening.